Uncharted Podcast, episode 53, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host... John. <laughs> John? I'm the co-host. How's it going? <laughs> Good. I like that your name was like I, a question. <laughs> well, you usually let me say, and I'm your co-host, but you yeah, just said this is my co-host, so I was like, I was, John? I was John's committed. still here? <laughs> I love it. Oh, dear. How was things? Oh, there's some good. There's some jackhammering in the background, so I have to apologize if it gets picked up in the recording. It's weird because I don't hear it at all. So yeah, my my noise canceling is canceling. I think amazing. The future. How's New York? Warm? Overcast. It's like um, Amsterdam here today. Ooh, it's been like it here for weeks now. So look at that weather update Play- done. Boom, gets gray. <laughs> places places that are like Amsterdam and New York today. Portland. Yeah. Where else? Seattle. Anywhere in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Seattle's always gray, right? Is that a cliche? I think it's not. No, no, no. It's like I couldn't live in any. I couldn't live in any of those cities, Portland or Seattle or anything like that. Um, It's just. Yeah. I think I'd I'd, I'd be way too depressed. It's like. Yeah. Welcome to Amsterdam life. um, We got a new review and I want to like. Oh, no. Just say that I'm I'm like I've been losing sleep over this review. Oh, no. Apparently I Sometimes I talk so slowly. It what did it? What did it? They say I talk so slowly that it's. It was worse than painful. It was like agonizing Aww. or something like that. People are mean. That's okay. Well, it's hard to think about things quickly and say it quickly and translate everything you're thinking quickly. And it's not right. like this is ad lib. I do. Yeah, we don't do tons of prep on this thing, nor are we ever going to because. You know, well, our, we do our this prep is moaning at each other in Slack DMs about the news true. <laughs> all yep. week long and then talking about it. And then talking about the moaning. <laughs> it's really like we have a list of topics I think everybody here has seen inside our Trello, but otherwise it's just chill. But I get it. I, it's fine. It's not for everybody, I think. I think but so. Yeah, it's a bummer. Real people listen to this. So shall we talk about tech, John? Real, real people listening to real people. Yeah. I want to talk about Apple. I've been I've been dying to talk about it with you all week. Why? Well, they did a thing. Did you see that they did a thing? They did no. many things. No, you didn't What'd watch. They do? Oh, I didn't even hear about it. Oh, rubbish. I know that you had your credit card <laughs> out and rubbed it on the screen the moment that Apple was announcing it. Like here, slathering it. Please. <laughs> I literally I literally got my wallet out. I was like, if there's a way I could go on some website and buy this thing right now, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> I'm literally I'm just imagining you pushing the uh uh credit card against the screen and just rubbing it around and it was awesome. Yeah. Okay. So okay, what did Apple do? Take oh, my money, Tim. Take my money. Oh my god. It's like yeah. Okay, so where okay, do we start? can we can um, we first okay, so can so iPhone. Let's Apple's, iPhone. Apple's had had an an announcement event, which they do every is this Every one? September. Which one was this one? Is this this isn't September, WWDC? This is September is always the hardware event. Kind of March time is like iPad time, and then there's the WWDC, which is the developer event in June, right? I think this is like the established schedule by now. Um, and so this year was a big one because there's a couple of reasons, but the biggest reason is it's the 10 year anniversary of the iPhone. So, or the 10th version, yeah, 10th anniversary. So. <laughs> was last that your night, reaction? Uh, last night I was I was sitting drinking some wine, doing some work, 
And I was like, oh, I need a break. So I decided to go watch the original Walt Mossberg um, announcement from when the iPhone came out. He And there's a video of him. It's seven minutes long. And he's like, hi, I'm Walt, Walt Mossberg. Berg, Whoa. Walt Mossberg reporting on this new Apple device. I'm sure everyone's heard about it. And then he's basically like, in all the years I've been doing tech reporting, I've never like seen anything quite like this. What, the iPhone? The original iPhone, yeah. I remember when oh, the original yeah. iPhone came out. And then like hours later, Steve Ballmer went on YouTube, or, or like there was a news clip of Steve Ballmer laughing at it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, no, I watched that one too, because it's like directly tied to it. It's called Steve yeah. Ballmer Laughs at the iPhone. An iPhone? It has no keyboard? You're not going to do email on that? <laughs> That's all I remember. I really remember seeing that phone and thinking like, holy shit. My favorite, um, my favorite thing was um, yesterday I also watched um, Walt was being interviewed by, what's his name? Uh, Dick, Dick Costello? Oh yeah, the old Twitter the, CEO guy. The old Twitter CEO. Why was he being interviewed? Was by interviewing because so Walt Mossberg's retired, right? Yeah. So at Recode, which just happened, Dick interviewed oh, Walt. Oh right. Where it was like the first time Walt had been interviewed on as stage. Walt, as opposed to on stage, as opposed to him. Like you know what I mean? Because he's become a kind of icon in himself, right? Yeah, he's like and, old man shouts at cloud now. <laughs> well, and also he knows all these people. Yeah. Like he told a story about how him and Bill Gates like lost track of ta- time one night and like hung out in their office, his office until 11 o'clock at night. And then, and then, uh, Melinda called, uh, Bill and was like, Hey, did you take Walt up out for dinner? And Bill's like, Oh, I didn't take you out for dinner. It's so rude. I'm going to go get some Taco Bell. Do you want to come <laughs> go get Taco Bell? So Bill was going to go drive through the guy's worth like a billion dollars. He's going to go drive through the, but anyway, the whole point of me bringing this up was, um, Dick, the only good question he asked was he had gone through like, what was it like to Steve tell you about the iPhone and you and Steve were good friends and blah, blah, blah. He said, yeah. And he said, so what was it like when um, Microsoft came by and they showed you the Zune for the first time? And like the Mm -hmm. whole audience burst out laughing and Walt just (laughs) stared at the roof and he's like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. So I just told them, no one's going to buy this thing. Just make it brown. That's the best that you can hope for. He's like, that's the only thing I could say, make it brown, which I was like, why on earth would you, that was, that was your feedback. Wow. But anyway, sorry. So it's super random. I love it. Like, well, well, no, but no, but like Walt Mossberg was there in the beginning, you know, he was Mm -hmm. very good friends with Steve Jobs. He covered that first Apple event. I think he was one of the people who came out and said in the very first place like this is going to be transformational while everybody else was saying like <laughs> it has no physical keyboard why would you do serious things on that and it's i mean he was right yeah he's been talking about what he calls discrete computing right for a very long time now he's a very smart man yeah so okay so the new iphone there's two new iphones first of all there's the eight which i think is not worth <laughs> talking about the eight is yeah, it's incremental. Wait a second. What's that? Let's well, let's talk about it more in the context of like. Well, okay. Look, how it all came together. There's the eight and the X, which is the ten. I'm saying X just so that people understand it's written X. Okay, so the iPhone ten and the iPhone eight. The iPhone ten is like Apple's weird future playground, and then the eight is the seven S, right? 
but the problem with that future playground is it's re- going to be really, really hard to get. And I think that, and it's more expensive. And I think so Apple wanted to create an option for people who A, don't want to move to face technology for unlocking your phone and B, don't want to pay the $999 starting price. And so the iPhone 8 is there. It's like the familiar thing. It's really nice. And then all the people who want the, I don't know, the top end, top of the line status symbol phone will queue up for that iPhone 10 probably for months on end because it's going to be really supply constrained. So it's it's a really smart play from from that perspective. I mean, we've talked about this a million times on the on the podcast, but this is how Apple does huge long term, right. long long future cycle commoditization planning, where they bring some limited thing in very very top of the market, and then they slowly over time commoditize everything that's in it, make it cheaper and cheaper, optimize their supply chain more and more and more, and then bring those technologies down into their lower and lower models right. as they're innovating on their new things. And that's kind of the Apple cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a 10 year cycle. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you, I mean, this is why I wanted to skip straight to the iPhone 10. <laughs> if you look at that phone, um, there's a lot of interesting things in it. I think a lot of it is playing catch up. Um, but a lot of it is, it's because it's been re-architected. Like this is the first time in a very long time that Apple re-architected the iPhone. And so a lot of people are, and we haven't even gotten into the actual new stuff, but a lot of people are hammering on like, oh, they added wireless charging. It's like not new and the standard's been around for ages. That's true. But I mean, it's not just easy to cram it into a product like that. So it's it's interesting from that perspective to see they've added wireless charging, they've added real NFC, certainly not as they've added like yeah, certainly not as elegantly as they have. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing. I mean, Apple's famous for waiting on these things, and yes, I think maybe far too long sometimes. Uh, but the culmination of these things is kind of impressive, right? Like, oh well, we waited you know seven years, and oh by the way, as a result, Starbucks is now going to put all their tables compatible with wireless charging. Anyway, so. Okay, the new stuff. I mostly just want to talk about that camera array. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, uh, what was it called? It's like the True Depth Camera Sensor. Oh, God, I should check. Something like that. I mean, I don't know if you've been on the website and, like, gone through that page. It's like a million bajillion miles long. <laughs> like, you just scroll and scroll and scroll. There's so much information. Uh, but, I mean, the the camera and the screen play together. So they basically added like the Xbox Connect. They crammed it into like an inch <laughs> to an inch. Yeah, and so you've got the you've got the infrared sensor, you've got the depth sensor, you've got the uh, light field sensor, you've got um, uh, have I forgotten anything? Obviously the front facing camera, and then uh, there's another one that I've forgotten. But yeah, you get the idea. There's there's so much technology in such a small amount of space that Apple can make this like crazy 3D model of your face. It's it's cool. Like the tech demos are cool, um, and and that goes hand in hand with the way that the screen came out. Right, it's got like a notch of it, but the screen is like almost edge to edge. It like kind of resembles the original iPhone. It's got these nice like metallic edges. It it, it looks it's beautiful. beautiful. I think from the front, I actually really do not like the back, but that's subjective. Uh, but I, th- I love what they did with the front of the phone. Um, I think I just think that the technology in the camera is just incredible. Like the Animoji, which is this new... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, but if anything, it's a tech demo, right? So Animoji is emoji uh, mapped in a th- as a 3D model to your face. So 
a good example is I mean it's on their website. There's like a girl and it's like a cat emoji and basically you uh you can talk and it maps your face in real time onto the emoji and then you can send that to a friend. I mean it's just wild how much like processing power that takes and it's in a phone and also that it's like so precise. The the uh, the public demo videos are just so freaking cool for it. I really I was really so impressed. I think that you I think that so in the Connect they had an IR emitter, an IR emitter, so an infrared um, projector, like a, it emits IR, a yeah. color sensor, an infrared depth sensor, and then the Connect the Connect actually had this fuck or this amazing thing called a tilt motor, basically, which would detect like the um, what's the right axes the a horizontal tilt of an object yep. if like and real you know, time like the, the left and right like the shimmy left and right of a person standing in front of a wall right it'll like detect the, the the tilting of the shoulders and stuff so what apple announced in it so that and that's the connect bar thing that would go on top of the xbox yeah, to, when you dance in, in front of the X, xbox and stuff like that so the apple notch thing at the top which is um smaller than an, an inch actually um Includes an ambient light sensor, a proximity sensor, a fl- flood illuminator, which is basically the IR thing, an infrared camera, a speaker, a microphone, a seven megapixel camera, and a dot projector. Yeah, so you know where this technology actually came from, right? Oh uh, yeah, they bought a company, right? Yeah, two years ago, Apple acquired a company called PrimeSense that basically did this. It was already pretty miniature, uh, but it's come a long way since. Like you can you can go online and see it. It's just crazy how small they got it, and it's impressive. It is quite possibly going to be the biggest thing uh in a long time i mean we don't even know what the applications of this are yet i think it's going to have huge ramifications i will say i do think that google's um project tango technology is a little bit better well yeah i mean did you see that they google also uh widened the adoption of that now that it can work on any phone yeah, I saw, didn't Lenovo build one in well yeah something? so it used to take dedicated hardware but google figured out how to do it in the software now and so they released like their version of ARKit, I think, 10 days ago, which I wish we had talked about. That's crazy. They basically said like, oh, by the way, this is going to work on, uh, you know, <laughs> millions of phones from tomorrow when we release this. And that's actually a feat for Google. Uh, so, you know, it's all on right now. And so just so that people can get a sense, like what is what is this holistic tech, types of technology or what are we doing? We're really talking about being able to map 3D space. Yeah. And there is two, but like, there's two difficulties in, ma- in mapping 3D space. Right. So there's two really difficult things in mapping 3D space. One is resolution and one right. is range or is range effectively, right? Um, so if you think about a three uh, LiDAR and a, a self-driving car, effectively that has to map 3D space, right? It's trying right. to map the world around you. And so you need a lot of distance and you need a lot of resolution. You need a lot of ability to look at things very finely. Um, and those are those are two A different problems and B two super difficult problems. Mm-hmm. So right now, so what we see in the Apple product is a not very seemingly not very long range but incredibly, 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 like insanely high resolution. Like so high resolution. Yeah. Um, like probably the most insanely high resolution. And that's, that's because of the uh, dot 3D. projector. This is, this is like, I went and read some stuff about this. The, the way that they're doing it is so, 
high resolution that in theory they should be able to detect an individual pore on the face and the depth of the pore and the angle that the pore falls. So like, it's not just like, Oh, it knows that my nose is this big or whatever. It like knows to the porous level of your face. This is your face. But that's where it gets interesting. So you know how we talked, I think, did we talk on the last podcast about that hilarious S8 one um, where it unlocks with a photo? I mean, that was like proved to be kind of bogus, but Samsung's technology is not this good. I mean, Apple's demo, they basically said you can grow a beard or get a nose job or uh, wear 80 layers of makeup or stuff covering your face and we'll still unlock the phone as you because we still know. And, and what I love about it is they... I mean, I'm I'm also I'm all over the spectrum on this phone, but I will say that the marrying of machine learning with this thing is just unreal. It's fantastic. It's unreal. Every time you fantastic. point it at your face, it learns more about your face, and so on and so forth. And it doesn't get sent anywhere. Fantastic. Like your own device is learning that. The downside of it is, uh, if you lose your phone or replace it, that whole model has to be rebuilt, and Apple needs to figure that out. Great. Not a downside. Nope. Fantastic. Uh, well, maybe. I, I don't know if I agree with that, but it's cool nonetheless. Says the, says the guy who's like, oh my God, someone might like hold the phone up to my face. And it, like, you're the <laughs> one that's the most scared of security out of anyone in the world I know. You th- literally think the government's coming for you directly. I'm still, I'm still not 100% on board with this, but I think the tech is cool. That's the thing. Like, I'm blown away by the tech enough that I don't care, <laughs> you know? I think I think what they trotted out was cool, and just the, the the combination of the software with this and the machine learning. You know, everybody was making fun of Apple, and still does. I mean, Apple's machine learning is very different to everybody else's out there. Am but, I allowed to say I told you so? Oh yeah, you can tell me that. I'm not buying this phone, by the way, to be clear, which we can get into <laughs> later. Um, no, like I 100 percent have no interest in this phone. You know what? I'm actually also tempted not to buy this phone. Yeah, I have reasons that we should get into later, but I I think this is the thing. Like, what they've done is awesome. And I think that, okay, we'll get into it right now. What I think they've done is awesome. Apple kind of like went to the market. They have this crazy camera, right, right, right. It's the future phone, but I think it was really rushed. And I think you see it in the way that the phone um, deals with the consequences of having this camera array there, right? So they you know what owen oh, yeah owen oh, it's not rushed it's oh, the no, it's MVP. so rushed yeah it's rushed. no it's the it's the mvp no it's not he's they've been working there's no way they haven't been working on this thing for like six five no, six how can, years how can totality. they be working on it for six years when they acquired the company 18 months ago like that's no but like the no the design the case the like the ways what i'm trying to say here is this phone if this is Apple's vision of the future, the fuck is that $250 billion for? Like this is, it's, it's got so many compromises. It's wild. Like it, it literally shouts like we couldn't integrate the camera and the display. So we just put it out like this right now. And then you get into the touch ID thing and there, you know, it, there's still rumors out there that they're trying to integrate it into the display. They just rushed it. There's the only reason for the notch and the way that it works is they decided to use it as marketing. And it's the, like the whole thing, if you look at um, my favorite example of this is, you know, control center, right? So it's like the thing you swipe up from the bottom. So <laughs> because there's no home button, which I think is really cool, by the way, 
<laughs> the consequence of it is they didn't know where to shove it. So now it's at the furthest top right part of the phone. Like it's just bizarre. You know, well, I'm buying it just to spite you at this point. Okay, I I, I look forward to you lining up for it. I'm, all, all I'm saying is like <sighs> if this is Apple's best effort, I think it leaves a lot to be desired. I do think what you see though is again very Apple. So like this notch thing. Um, when I when I was thinking about it a lot, there's a lot of things I don't like about it. Um, but if they integrate it into the display, so would you have? So you would have rather them? You would have rather them put off announcing the phone and just announce nothing and not even build a phone. No, basically. so what I would have rathered is they. So if you if you look at a lot of the things on this phone, are decisions that can't be explained by anything other than marketing leading the story rather than the product. And so a, a great example of it is all this notch stuff. Like I get why they're doing the notch and I understand like it's iconic. They're trying to make it like the new home button thing. What's but the notch? This is the, like the huge black chunk out of the screen at the top for that camera array. And it's like, in my mind, I like, I'm going to stop saying like, so just let me gather my thoughts. The thing with the notch is they wanted to go for an edge to edge screen, Right makes sense but they had to put this connect in there which is you know an inch by a, maybe an inch and a half there at the top of the screen and so the screen wraps around it and has these little like ears where they've put so you get this extra screen space and then they've put like the um what's it called the signal data like all of that metadata there at the top great move i love that but then they went and put an oled display in this thing instead of uh, hiding that 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 this like horrible blemish is there they went and like went full hog into like white interfaces and you're banned from hiding it and it's just unreal like steve i really i really do not like putting words in steve jobs's mouth but i really think that he would have questioned this <laughs> i cannot believe have you seen the pictures oh, i love it's, you i love it's you it's hilarious I love man you. like straight up if samsung samsung is making a product that looks physically better in every single way right now and that's the thing like it doesn't matter none of this I'm getting, matters i'm getting used to it it looks it looks it definitely looks like an iphone like i mean now that i like i yeah, hated I it in the beginning but now i've seen it a million times i'm like okay but but it's all like i'm saying the like, iPhone, John, all i'm saying there's a lot is of cool stuff in there they did they did not sweat I agree, the details fine look i agree it is it is it is really ugly no but it's not that it's not that it's not even that it's ugly i actually think it looks good but it's just like they they obsessed over technology and didn't all of the, the there's so many rough edges on this device and that's what that's what bothers me that's all it is um, and I think like I'll probably buy this again when there's a generation two of this but right now like I'm just like oh I just wait this one out for a little bit while you figure it out nah I'm I, I you're wrong <laughs> I mean I, don't, I, I mean I don't know. Uh, well, okay. I really think so, they're losing the magic there. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I just, I mean, no. Wait, well, look. look, the marketing department is running the show, a hundred percent. Where is Johnny Ive? He's not even present anymore. It's he, he had a video. Yeah, he was in a video for eight seconds and he narrated it. Like, what is going on with this guy? I don't know. All I'm saying is like the heart and soul of Apple that was there is gone. And I think like we all just have to accept that 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 Apple is not like Tim. It's Tim Cook's Apple. Right. And we just have to accept yeah, it. Comparing it is futile. Like Tim Cook is never going to be able to sweat the details <laughs> like Steve Jobs would have. Uh, uh, what? 
This is a company I've followed closely for 10 years, ever since this iPhone came out. So forgive me if I'm picky. I'm Oh, yeah, because I haven't. Mm. I'm just saying, like... I know. I... 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 Oh, this is good suspense. I'm just going to leave it in there. <laughs> you know, you know, the, you know, the, you remember the click wheel on the first iPad? I remember. Up, up down, down. Yeah, the one yeah. that moved. You could even like physically and spin then, it. Yeah, that was the first. Well, no, the first one was just like th- four buttons or something, right? Uh, No, the first and one then, was a physical, it spun like a fucking phone. No, there was one before that, I think. Oh, first yeah. No, I think you're right. iPod, the all white one. Yeah, I remember now. It had weird, yeah. Weird. Oh wow, they've yeah. had so many weird buttons, and there's so many like iPods. <laughs> oh wow, there's been so many iPods. I forgot how many iPods there's been. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I saw an iPod. Mr. Doherty, my science teacher in high school, showed me it, and it has a spinny wheel and one, two, three, four, and the big clicky button in the middle. Then the next, and then the next one was the next one was I think the spinny wheel with the buttons and then didn't eventually they just go to like it's a touch after that almost like a haptic wheel yeah, yeah it was like a um, and then it was touch. multi-touch uh wheel it was pretty trippy so like just my point is there's been there's always been a very stark iteration in generations of apple devices the first generation is always the most elegant mvp that they can put out for a high price point that's got limited availability because they don't want to make they don't want to make that many of them but they want to get them into the hands of a couple million people and see how they use them quickly like that's always been how i percent they watch and they watch i'm 100 percent with you on this but i do think that even for those mvps like the original iphone apple worked on the software for that for so long and it like oh, it had zero rough edges the hardware had problems. i still say no way i still say owen the most oh can you hear can you hear sad dog yeah what oh he stopped i still 100 percent. i'm just looking i just um i'm looking at pictures of ipods on google in search <laughs> i love it i still think one of the most elegant and beautiful devices that i've ever seen and still actually almost i might even i might even buy one i just think they're so nice is the is the white acrylic-y perfectly smooth rounded ipod with the indented yes. um wheel and the four indented buttons at the top that glow red and the one click middle button and when you and when you spun it it had that like haptic you remember it I felt forgot, so like, good to use they had haptic before like right didn't it kind of sort of click when you were spinning it and it like yeah. and it, like felt, there was like, a like, physical like, reward for like using yeah. it it was addictive that was one of the best devices but it took them quite a while to get there yeah i don't disagree but you also so we'll have see. to think like this is a reboot mid product, right? Like it's so it's so interesting. And I, I look, I have to like, you're asking a lot of them. You're at, you're on a ten year old product at this point. It, what you're seeing in the hardware market, right? Like everybody wants a piece of Apple's hardware pie, and so Samsung and even like LG are getting really really good at producing high end quality hardware that looks really good. So I, I don't know if you've seen the S8 or the L, LG has a new phone called the V30, and arguably they look. Better. But when it comes to the software, 
while Apple has rough air edges, it's still like none of the stuff that Samsung does can ever like work name, that way. Name, name me any one. Name me one. Name me one company on the face of this earth that has a highly usable, highly integrated, beautiful end-to-end ecosystem of products and software, hardware and software working <laughs> I'm not, together. I'm not going to argue this point and the details, there's but I do a, agree with you. There's not a car company. Amazon, yep. AWS is like, mm, close. there's no one. Yeah, but uh, no, but AWS is junk to use. Yeah, yeah. No offense, you. like any, but like, come on. Yeah, I, I do, I do think that like, I don't even want to get into the Android thing, but Google is getting good at this stuff as well. It's just really interesting to watch, um, because we're also racing to the bottom here, right? Like, that's all this is. And I'm sorry, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like, uh. who like the Android google ecosystem or whatever but like iMessage to even like use it dude the the (laughs) apple well i know you don't but like the drop cloud thing what airdrop it's terrible it's getting a it's getting really good and not only is it getting good i was trying to use it today and it was seeing everybody's but my computer like i don't agree on this one like i agree that the technology is there but apple just like they get 80 percent of the way there and it's infuriating on my phone on my phone on airdrop on your airdrop if you turn airdrop on your phone to contacts only and the person's actually in your contact list and they're near you and airdrop is on it, it doesn't it even actually just says do you want to send this file to julie yeah it doesn't work for me i just never see them like every time i've tried to use airdrop it's just like oh well it works it doesn't work i really i really disagree and it's like one of their most famous like foibles it works best if if the people are on the same wi-fi network for That's sure true. it's like super fast i though. do want to say one thing about one cool thing i found in ios 11 you know how every time you go to somebody's house you're there and you're like oh what's your wi-fi password and then you like you're like oh yeah and then you pick up your modem and you're like all right it's a three seven exclamation point yeah. seven so the new one on ios 11 is sausage. if you have me in your contacts and vice versa if i'm at your house if you want to give me the wi-fi password all you all we both have to do is unlock our phones and go to the settings screen and your phone will offer to share the wi-fi with me boom like that's it it doesn't even like it, it just assumes that's what you're trying to do it's really really cool it's all gonna get that good I don't disagree, but I do think that Apple Apple is making a dangerous bet on like, I mean, Apple's whole thing is native, right? That's the thing. And the web is getting good fucking fast. They need to hire us. Yeah, I know. We should just be Tim Cook. Tim Cook. <laughs> Tim Cook's. Tim personal. Cook's. <laughs> His personal advisors. Look, like John, 100%. I like... So many things made me scream at the screen, but this I, this is a crazy phone. I think it's really cool. I think it shows like they've reached a crazy new level of like tight integration there. And I think the machine learning stuff was the thing. Like the whole time, all I was thinking about is holy shit, they're actually using that data. I wasn't even worried about the hardware. I was just like, Face ID is the craziest thing, just because it learns so quickly. I just want to remind you, just because I'm just I'm really lapping up. I'm really lapping yeah. up this episode. By the way, I it's love really it. just. I love this episode. I'm just like enjoying listening to you tell me that uh, you really love all this stuff. I mean, I do. Um, I'm like the biggest fanboy, but I've been telling you, but I've been like, Owen, even remember you and I even had this debate about like 
I was like, yeah, Siri's not good because people it's don't use it so much. Like I use Siri so, so much. My Siri and I, I'm going to write a book. No, seriously. Like, but John, John, this is what you don't understand though about Siri is it's not Siri. It's not about, it's not about what you say it's about. It's that Siri has shit data behind it. It uses Bing and it has no data sources. Okay. And that's their but, mistake. But, but like. I agree. It's getting better. But most people's complaint is Siri can never hear me. Siri doesn't yeah, know. I mean, like, that's whatever. like, it's that. No, it's not. It's Owen. It's because like even Siri, my Siri is so good now. No, but mine the is too, day, John. But there's nothing to ask it. I was in a ask room it. with people talking and I said, hey, Siri. No, my point is Siri is learning your voice, mm-hmm. but Siri is not like sending your voice pattern up to the cloud and comparing it against other things that it said and trying to figure out it's all doing it on an, on your now it'll it'll probably on the new one do it on the what do they call right, it bio this is or something the bionic so like that's the transformer why, chip so like, but people <laughs> complain that siri can never hear them it never understands them i never like they never mind even okay fine may, i do agree although let me tell you the weather report have you have you checked the new siri weather report it's the, it's the same you mean the iOS 11 No, one? they've got a new one. Yeah, listen. No, I don't know. I just, I noticed the voice that it's synthesis changed is amazing, the by the way, in no, iOS 11. The, the, the way that it, uh, wait, Siri, what's the weather like today? Oh, wait. Hey, Siri. What's the weather like today? It's currently cloudy and 23 degrees in New York. Oh, your sounds kind of robotic. Temperatures are heading down from 24 this afternoon to 21 tonight. Is it I was hey, Siri, Do you think it do you think it will rain today? There's no rain in the forecast for today. Right. Hey, Siri. Do you think it'll rain tomorrow afternoon? I think, therefore I am. But let's yeah. not put so the cart before the Look, this horse. is what I mean. Like what what's really interesting about Siri is all of that technology is amazing and I love how Apple processes on device, but I really think, dude, this is such a weird reply that it happens to me all the time. Like these are the ones that trip Siri up all the time. Like with Google Home, for example, you can ask about the weather, and then you can you can refer to it like as that later, and it's still like it knows the context. How do I get iOS eleven? Is it available yet? Yeah, I've got it or right here. Let me let me try my Siri versus yours. Are you ready? Um, let's hear what the synthesis is like. It's really, really like they made the voice much better. Okay. What's the weather today? Okay. Here's the weather for today. Like, do you hear how less robotic that is? I like old Siri. Yeah, I know. It's very robotic, but this new one is like, it's pretty impressive. Like, but old Siri kind of sounds like it's like I've gotten really accustomed to it just yeah, being yeah. like Siri's voice. Well, that's the weird thing though, is because I've been using iOS 11 for a little while now that like hearing that one was like, oh shit, it's it's so robotic back then. And then what they've done with Siri now is really impressive on the synthesis side. I don't know. Do you think I can have keep robot Siri? Um, keep robot Siri. I don't know. Just never update, I guess. Um, okay. But like, look, my my only point on this is, and I like, I know we've talked about it a lot. I think it's all about that data source and like. I think while Apple is really good at this stuff, them them licensing data from Bing is just like killing them in this area. And like, because it's all data sets coming from somebody else, they're just not doing a good job of sorting it or relating it or making like what I've found with like, so I've used Google home for what a year now, I guess I was hanging out with you last September. What I found with what Google is doing is they're filling the blanks on Google home so quickly. Like all of the weird things that you say to it, 
it very quickly fills those gaps and they've done a good job of that like one of the things that um google home launched with is you can say um hey google play me some music right uh and then you like you realize oh actually you want to play in a different room and so you at launch you could try and say hey google uh play this in the living room and it didn't know but then three months later they just added it and at some point it started working that's really cool um and i just don't know if we'll see i mean we'll see i think apple just needs to start making the data set like relying on microsoft for this is just not a great idea what do you think of the new apple watch oh my god okay i was actually really looking forward to talking about this lte apple watch i literally like i made a joke about you smothering your credit card on the screen i had like all of my cards out uh (laughs) as soon as they said like lte and a watch i was like oh shit they did it i really didn't think that was going to happen this year it's really cool did they kill that like kind of like this is a bit mean but like the kind of hobbity looking skinny guy that used to sort of do stuff at the show once in a while i haven't seen him in a while oh didn't he get fired i forgot his name jeff uh, I just just gen- name a generic white man named Bill. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, they had a woman on the stage of this Apple One. Yeah, but look, I, I, I think that about, was the first time ever. Just for five seconds, I think the LCD thing is really okay. cool. Mostly the fact that they got the battery life thing down. Um, the thing that sucks with the Apple Watch is it can't roam, which is a bummer. Um, seems like a bit of a weird thing. So if you take an Apple Watch LTE to America, it just stops working. Uh, pretty weird. <laughs> but i guess like it's a very small device they need to get the modems smaller i don't know i would that was like the device i want to buy but it's not coming to the netherlands for a few more months so bummer oh yeah he did leave apple he left apple in 2012 his name was scott forstall oh scott forstall yeah he's the guy who was responsible for the skeuomorphic ios interfaces fail yeah he was the 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 godfather of ios so there is one cool thing that I think um, was kind of low-key that they did. So they led the show. I think it was Apple Watch first. Whoa, this is the best the cr- story I've ever read that okay, I've never heard. Just wait. Okay. Just wait. I need to finish my soundbite. <laughs> um, no, so the the cool. I think the coolest under-highlighted under thing out of that whole event was that the Apple Watch uses eSIM, right? So it shares the same phone number as your phone by using an embedded SIM card so it's a software sim card i don't know why all i why think about that all time. anyone is finding that interesting are you kidding me software so sim? the cool thing with it is yeah it's awesome game changer no but software isn't like hasn't isn't it's been around for 10 years but yeah. nobody's been able to pull it off oh, so like no one samsung tried. had an lte watch you have to put a sim card in it really you know that's like crazy yeah it's crazy apple is the only one who can do this and all i want to say is like I guess like it's funny that you say that people won't find it interesting. I think this Apple Watch is like the end for the iPhone with that. That starts with that Apple Watch and they'll put it in the next iPhone X, the X2, X2S. Will be complete. <laughs> no, well, they can make them. They're they're basically, a, I thought they were already using a software sim in the iPhone. In the iPad. Yeah. But uh, then the carriers blocked it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, but yeah, I just thought it was really cool. Like it was just such a like a thing to trumpet at the start. It was like we have an accessory. It works with the same phone number. It, it's there's no SIM card. It just works. I I, I love that about it because it's pulling the data from your phone, right? Well, no. The way it works is it has an LTE modem, but the, when you pair it with your phone, 
it, it does a negotiation yeah. and it loads the, the SIM card's data. Right. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's just really, it's the future, right? Like, why do you still have SIM cards? I literally, I think because of encryption. Or I think encryption and carriers being dumb. Or DR, the reality DRM is or something like that. A software SIM is easy. And it would be, can you imagine, you know, like you came to Europe and your phone didn't work here. Can you imagine if we had an eSIM, you, like you'd arrive in Europe and it would just be like, which carrier do you want to go on? That has the, like the plans all presented in an interface that looks the same. Uh, pick one. You know, I think it's just, that's that's what I, I really, every time I travel, like I'm going to the US on Friday, I have to like think like, shit, where am I going to get a SIM card? Because it's not going to work. But the question is, that. the like, question is, do the carriers want that? Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> If you can switch from ATT to like mm-hmm. T-Mobile with the click of a menu button, they're going to shit their pants. And that's why it hasn't happened. Interesting, huh? Yeah, but it just takes one or two of them. Anyway, sorry, what was the funny story? Uh, the aftermath of the release of iOS 6 on September 19th, 2012 provided a troubled period for Apple. Um Words, 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 blah, 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 buggy, lacking in detail, yada, yada. In addition, the clock app used a design, in addition, the clock used a design based on the trademarked Swiss railway clock, which Apple had yep, failed to license, forcing Apple to pay Swiss no. railroads or Swiss railways a reported $20 million in compensation. <laughs> For copying a clock? <laughs> He got fired, right? He, I think he got fired because of Apple Maps. It doesn't actually say why he got fired. It just sir, it says that... I think it was Apple Maps. Um, he... It doesn't say. He was responsible for Siri, though, although everyone regards it as a flop. Oh, yeah, and you're right, Apple Maps. Yeah, I think he got he had to fall on the sword for that. Apple made him um, sign a letter saying sorry for Apple Maps being a disaster. I remember that one. All right. Well, look, that's the Apple event. I think it was cool. I think the biggest thing that we are going to see from this is the iPhone 10 is going to be really hard to get. Really, really hard because Apple has one one supplier of the screens who's already constrained. It's going to be a hard phone to find, I think. But I mean, that's part of their play anyway, right? Like if you can, you can't get it before Christmas, it doesn't matter. You're going to buy it anyway. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Hello. If you work at Apple, I would like a phone. (laughs) Please, please to, please to phone. We'll review it on this podcast very objectively. (laughs) I will not review it objectively. I will fully be biased and tell you this is the greatest phone of all time. So happy to to take one. Because you'll think it's that. (laughs) <laughs> I, for one, am looking forward to Google's um, Pixel event on October 4th, where I'm pretty sure they're going to announce they acquired a phone maker. So we'll see about that. <laughs> I'm trying to get the tickets for, for this event, if you're listening, Google. Okay, I'm just kidding. We're, like, we're talking to event companies that don't even listen. John, John, can we talk about Slack just for like one minute at the end of this podcast? Because they raised a crazy amount of money. Just do it now. What's that? Just do it now. Well, the, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, this is the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they raised how much money? Two hundred fifty million. I actually, this Again. is you telling me before we started was the first of me hearing of this, really. So, oh, really? Yeah, this one's on you. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay, so Slack, yeah, Slack raised two hundred fifty million dollars more from SoftBank. SoftBank has a shitload of money. 
uh, they're looking for cool stuff to invest in. Slack already had a ton of money, but their their numbers are crazy. They're growing like I think four hundred percent a year. You know, it's wild how well Slack converts, and the companies that go on Slack stay on Slack. So. I mean, I mean, it's not a surprise, but uh, I, the reason I just wanted to talk about it is I see so many people, I mean, I was going to say on Hacker News, but that's not even a metric of anything, but I see so many people being like, I don't get Slack. It's like really annoying. You only have to think about it like this. It's Microsoft Office, but it kills email. Like it's the place that your company works. When I first moved, and I, I think that's it. When I first moved to DigitalOcean, I had been working at this company before called MyPlanet, MyPlanet.com. It's a design and um, development shop in Toronto. And we were one of the first like 10 teams or something on Slack. And when I'm, yep. In fact, I'm still in the Slack testers group, which is where you could just DM with anyone from the Slack executive team and get them to do stuff. It's pretty good. Um, And that was a while ago now. So... Uh, I moved to DigitalOcean. We had probably 20 people in the company and I had, hadn't like put my foot down about anything or been like adamant about anything yet. It was like my first month. And I just sent an email to Ben, the CEO and uh, Mitch, the CMO and said, Hey, Oh, and Carl, the COO and said, Hey, um, I think we should switch to Slack. I don't think IRC is a good like inter-company right. communication tool. Oh God, for IRC at a company is terrible. Well, but remember, it's DigitalOcean, right? So at, at that point, we actually had not hired any, really hired any non-technical um, staff outside of the community team. Got it, got it. And so we had like, you know, 17 engineers or, you know, maybe there was 25 people in the company. So like, you know, 15 engineers and the rest was just like couple of accountants and stuff like that. And my point was, look, this, we just raised $37 million. We're going to hire over a hundred people. There's no way that the, um, finance lead is going to be able to go like figure out how to get, how to get onto IRC and like, you know, slash yeah. join irc.digitalocean.org yeah. right. port 33. <laughs> exactly. No, it was exactly that. And so, but then there that's are, the thing typically people don't get. So it's not for you. And then people were like, well, we'll just use a different tool. And it's like, no, we want like everyone to be integrated as a holistic, like growing, working together organization. This is not like you're the engineers over in the corner with your own special tool. And hey, look, I get it. Right. Like, but no reason not to do it makes a better company makes for more integrated communication makes for faster response and also helps people who are non-technical understand what really the technical aspects of the business are like you know it's good for when a business analyst can go you know creep in and search for anything or ghost like use that ghost the ghost thing of like looking into a channel you can see do you remember do you know what the name actually is it's an acronym no that's Slack stands for oh. searchable log of, of all communications yeah. and something else. I forgot the K. A knowledge, right? Knowledge. That's the one. Yeah. It's genius. Anyway, I just think if you don't get it, just think of it like that. It's like 
Slack, in my mind, is the best way to organize your company's entire brain. And that's why they're worth it so much. It is so expensive as a small business, though. They got, oh, like, it's terrible. It's so hard. I get that... I get that we're not their target like audience and that they're going after like the whole of, you know, CSV pharmacies or whatever, but like, holy cow, it's tough bill to pay every month. We were looking at changing to the paid plan on the Slack community of charged at some point and I did the math for it and it was like 1500, 1800 a month. <laughs> it's just crazy. Even for a company of 50, it's a lot of money. 50 times six. I mean, I get it, but Jesus. And if you stop paying, like it all just disappears. It's just tough because I hate playing my Slack bill. I mean, I don't mind. Yeah, I know. You know what actually bugs me? But you're also paying for Gmail, you know, it's. Well, you know, I said to Tim the other day, I was like, well, I actually didn't even finish my sentence with him because I was like, maybe we should just like go get the open source version. And I was like going to say, and put it, on a, put it on a digital ocean drop. And I was like, no, I do not want anyone in our company focusing on maintaining a digital ocean drop so that we could have Slack. Like it's worth paying the money just to pay Slack to do it. Like, you know, it's Slack hosted as it's, it's a, uh, it's a uh, Node.js app as a service. Cool. Yeah, exactly. It's, I do think we might try Mattermost for our Slack community, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you pay, you pay the price of like it works. So the other thing so. that you know about that I don't know anything about, so good for Slack. I mean, they probably are worth a lot of money because I think they're probably a good product and they're really good for big businesses and companies that are trying to become more lean and they're huge and they want to get their business operations under control. It makes a lot of sense. What's the other thing that you know about this week that I have not read very much about, but kind of sort of understand? Oh no, which one was it? I forgot. There was one other thing, wasn't it? Oh my God, Sea Cleaner. What's it I called? Was like, how, it's called Sea Cleaner. What a which weird is name. an acronym for Crap Cleaner, but they couldn't go to market with a name called Crap Cleaner, so they went to Sea Cleaner. Um, I don't think, I've probably said it wrong. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about this for two minutes because it's amazing. It just came out like three hours ago. So Sea Cleaner, whatever the name is, it's a piece of software that's on 2 billion computers, like Mac and Windows. It's on a lot of computers. And it, all it does is it say, until today, <laughs> very lightweight, malware-free app for cleaning up the cruft on your computer. And it's not like those scammy ones. It's just for like the stuff in your temp folder that got crufty. Like that's what it's for. I've used it many times over the years. I use Onyx for Works that. Great. Is this for, okay, is, yeah, a, so is this a Windows thing, but this tool? Is on Mac and Windows. Okay. Um, but it's got 2 billion downloads. Uh, apparently they get 5 million new users every week, which is pretty insane. Um, it's owned by Avast. So what happened today is uh, Cisco's Threat Lab or whatever came out and basically said um, they found that at some point in the last month, Crap Cleaner released a new build of its app, and that new build contained a backdoor that could steal data and nobody noticed like the company didn't notice they had to call them and tell them that it was going on it had a remote code exploit in it it's wild and the working theory at the moment is basically somebody hacked into um ccleaner's uh continuous integration uh software and modified the code in flight while it was being built and then distributed it. And so, so the crazy thing about integration this whole thing basically is, is when you're doing a software, when you're building software, you have to like, there's a couple of things that are really important and you have to like 
you have to like write code and you have to test it and you have like an environment that you put the code in and you like make sure it fits in because you might be writing a very small component like of like you know, 30 lines of code that's going to go fit in and run with other people's code. So you have to like, has to be tested. It has to be integrated. It has to be commented on. It has like, there's this whole standard set of practices that go around developing and writing software that, you know, all engineering teams at scale have some form of testing and continuous integration where they're able to continuously integrate new chunks of software, new chunks of code into um, the architecture of the whole application. So that would basically be like saying that you snuck into an automotive manufacturing plant and like changed the screws on the um, machine that measures the torque of the tires to make sure that they're right. And every single Ford that went out um, uh, for the next like, you know, three months or until someone noticed had the wrong torque on the tires and all the wheels fell off. Is that fair? Exactly. Yeah. And so somebody injected it in that process and it didn't get noticed for like four weeks. And so the impact could be huge. I mean, the software didn't automatically update, but apparently they get 5 million new customers every week, blah, blah, blah. You can extrapolate from there. It's just wild that you remember like Trojans from back in the mm-hmm. day. This is that shit, but on a new level, it's crazy. Sub seven. Did you ever use sub seven? What's sub seven? Sub seven was like a Windows Trojan back in the day where you... You just had to get someone to run an EXE and then you had full control over their computer. I never did it, of course, but it was pretty good. Of course you didn't. And then the way you would do it, if you were going to do it, which I obviously never did and would never do, um, was you would send like, hey, check out this new custom version of um, Winamp that I made, um, friend. And then you just send them like winamp.exe. And then, oh, I miss Winamp. And then when you double clicked on that EXE, it would just be like, oh, build failed. And then your friend would message back on um, MSN Messenger and be like, oh, it said build failed. And then you just reply like, oh, yeah, you need the blah, blah, blah drivers not compatible with your, sp- uh, never mind, sorry. But then, of course, the second that that like build failed thing was not build failed. That was just like the covert that was the trojan horse right and then you would have you'd have a client you'd have a client that you would run which you know obviously i only ever use this to control my own computers um on my own personal network um where you could have full full access to everything on the computer and you could also do crazy things like open their cd tray close their cd tray like um play just random sounds through their speakers uh uh like you could just do the most crazy crazy thing to people's computers through this thing called sub seven yeah i remember i remember i haven't had a virus in years i mean i use windows full time now and like you don't need antivirus protection anymore because it comes baked in but i just remember those days where you just had to be so careful like my dad just used to get so many viruses just from clicking on the fake you know like the wrong download button on the page those really should be illegal I'm just like thankful that ad blockers exist. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. On that note, oh, wait, we're like one just more, one sh- more, under an one, hour. One more thing quickly. Cause it's so related. We didn't talk about the Aquifax. Oh my God. Okay. All I have to say on that is holy shit. <laughs> Go, you've got two minutes or less to explain it. It's wild. <laughs> well, the biggest credit reporting agency in the U S got hacked. And it leaked 
data on people around the world because they also collect data on not only people who do and don't use its service, but also people that they interact with. And it was a through and through hack, Wild. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, 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 there was a security flaw in a piece of software they use called Struts, published by Apache. They didn't patch fast enough, so somebody exploited it in production, dumped everything. So there's what, I think it was 391 million, something like this, like social security numbers floating around the internet. <laughs> like, but... And like half of them didn't even use the service, right? Because it's they just all slather it around, like they're just buying it off other people. And like, if if you happen to, yeah, it's just crazy. And the best part is to get, like, uh, they have this service where you can uh, you get free identity protection as a result because they got hacked, which seems really nice. But like, you have to give them all of your data <laughs> to, to get into it. It's amazing. I don't know why anyone's surprised is what I'm surprised about. All I have to say is, John, I think we've said this a lot. This is only the beginning. Oh, it's not even, it's like the beginning of the beginning. Like, haven't seen, I don't know, the IRS hacked on the scale yet, but I feel like it might happen one day for sure. You know, it's it's conceivable that it gets way worse and it's just... Until, until there is really firm regulation and law around code and standards and practices and people are held criminally responsible for writing code that is sloppy and you can go to jail for that for many years until that happens this will keep happening yeah i know wild anyway john yep it sucks (laughs) look all i'll say on that topic is i'm pretty sure tying identities to your Social security number was a bad idea, but hey, you did what you did, <laughs> so you're stuck with it. News headline, anyway. you know, circa 2025, um, Tesla central platform gets hacked, has insecure lamp stack on the edge, weasels way into auto emergency. Using lamp in 2025. Yeah, exactly. That's my point, right? Like just some intern makes a mistake, uses, uh, yeah. you know, gets it, weasels their way into, you know, central command. Some intern with a lamp stack from pushes an emergency <laughs> auto update to every Tesla <laughs> that does only one thing and that's change every single control in the car to be at 100% and the car mm-hmm. sl- all the Teslas just I mean it sounds unknowable but it's all possible super it's doable. all proper sci-fi super stuff doable. you want to write super a book doable. about this super doable maybe not and on that maybe not. lovely note John but probably hard I'm to say I'm going to wrap this up okay but probably you, sh- you should email us about this hello at chargepodcast.com we haven't gotten any emails in a while John maybe everyone stopped sad. listening yeah, maybe. Maybe, I just I didn't, mean, maybe those numbers on SoundCloud are just fake. I just didn't think quickly enough for uh, homie on the reviews. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, homie. Anyway, so email us. Uh, we're also on Twitter at ChargeTech. And if you want to join the Slack community, I think I mentioned last week, uh, you can. there's like a small fee and you can pay and you get a few different benefits. So feel free to do that. It's charge.char.gd slash recharge. Other than that, come and hang in Slack. Come talk to us. I'll be in San Francisco, so say hi. We're going to do Super Future. We're going to do it. Maybe. Let's not promise anything. I'll be anything. in the same time zone as you. We're bad at, so. Well, maybe I should just come to San Francisco and see you. Hmm.
yeah think about that but we will do the super future episode it just didn't happen yet all right. soon all right john until next week hi bye biscuits hi bye biscuits hi biscuits <laughs>